This is the Mark Stucheski Podcast. Known as a credit and financing expert, Jerry Detweiler, yes, her name is Detweiler, has written five books, answered 10,000 credit questions online, and even testified before Congress on credit legislation. We're going to dive into that because I've, I've got to know about that. She loves providing reliable, helpful information to help individuals and small business owners solve credit problems and get the financing they need. Jerry, welcome to the show. Oh, thank you, Mark. I'm so glad to be here. So did you go into finance because your name was Detweiler? That's a great question. But no, I completely fell into my career. I actually thought I wanted to be a banker for a little while. I'm not sure what that was about. But I fell into a job with a consumer advocacy group, got to work on some cool things like the legislation that gave consumers free credit reports back in the day. And so ever since, I've been helping people navigate this sometimes very confusing world of credit. Well, my listeners know that I have no scripted questions. We just go wherever we want to go. So I've got to ask you, testify before Congress. Now, when I was a little kid, in another lifetime, I actually got to go to the Capitol, didn't go to the White House, got to go to the Capitol and walk around Washington, D.C., but I've never been inside Congress. So what was that like? I mean, was it intimidating or tell us how you felt? I was so nervous. I was in my 20s. I was terrified, but it was a great experience, obviously. And it was an important issue at the time because at that time, if you wanted a credit card, you'd apply for it, you'd get it in the mail if you were approved, and then you'd find out what it cost. Mm -hmm. There was no upfront disclosure of the interest rate and fees. And so subsequently, Congress passed the legislation that requires the upfront disclosure of the cost of your credit card. It's often dubbed the Schumer box because then Representative Chuck Schumer had a major role in getting that legislation passed. But it's the reason why we see that information upfront. And then subsequently, I submitted written testimony because I think at that time, I didn't get the opportunity to testify in person related to the uh, free credit reports for consumers. So it's been uh, it's been a great experience to help you know try to drive some at least disclosure around these issues. And what's really interesting to me, Mark, is here I am a few decades later, and when you look at small business financing, it's where a consumer was you know, those few decades ago. So on the business side, if you're a small business owner, you may have a business credit report, but you don't get the right to see it for free. So most business owners haven't. Uh, you don't necessarily have to be told the cost of your small business financing in a clear way with an APR like we do in the consumer world. So as a result, small business owners who are also consumers uh, often find it very, very confusing. So it's been an interesting journey for me to take what I've learned in that consumer world and embrace the small business owner as well. I'm having flashbacks as you're talking there, because I remember I got caught twice with credit card. The first, my first credit card, it was for Radio Shack. And I went in the store to get something and, and they said, Hey, would you like to apply for a Radio Shack credit card? And I'm like, sure. Why not? Didn't think I'd get approved, but I did. And I remember buying a $150 portable boom box. And then I got the bill and they says, you only have to pay $10. I'm like, oh, seriously, that's it. 
didn't understand that, yeah, the 150 minus 10, you get interest on the other $140. And I wonder how much I actually paid for that boombox now that I think about it. The other time was I was at some kind of sporting event, a hockey game, football game, whatever it was. And they said, hey, you want a free T-shirt? I'm like, sure, why not? And then I got the credit card. And, of course, I used the credit card. Didn't ask questions about the interest rate. I just wanted the free T-shirt, which is really stupid because they had the team logo on it, but also the credit card company on that. <laughs> the one is thinking. So I'm I'm sure I'm not alone. I'm sure we've all been down those roads. Yeah, absolutely. My first card was a Sears card. They proved me for a thousand dollars. Needed furniture for the apartment. I didn't understand it. Also, I also just made that minimum payment, thinking that's what I need to do. And <laughs> three or four years later, I landed this job with this consumer group and started looking at the interest and realizing I'd barely made a dent in the balance over all those payments. So, yes, it can be confusing and frustrating, and and uh, and sometimes a trap. On the other hand. I love my rewards credit cards. I get a lot of benefits from those cards. And so it really depends on how you use it. I'm not anti-credit card and I'm not going to push a credit card for someone who it's not right for. It depends on how you're going to use it. I'm a big fan of Dave Ramsey, except for cash is king. Don't use credit cards. I have one credit card. I have a single credit card. And I think if you use it responsibly and you have one credit card, you're okay. The problem is, and correct me if I'm wrong, because you certainly know more about this than I do. People will get a card, max it out, go get another card, max it out. And I see a lot of entrepreneurs doing this as they're building their business. They got six, seven, eight, nine cards and they're running everything and they're paying employees with the credit cards. And then that becomes a bigger, bigger mountain. It gets to be as big as Mount Everest. And you're like, I, I don't know what to do. So I'm a big fan of having a single credit card, but I don't think you should fund your business on credit cards because you're assuming, hoping maybe is a better word, that you're going to become the next Amazon and be able to pay off all those credit card debts. Unfortunately, statistics tell us otherwise. That's an yeah, that's an interesting take. You know, credit cards for small business owners on the on the plus side, for many new businesses, it's the only type of financing they can get because they don't have time in business, they don't have business revenues, they may not even have a formal business structure. So they don't qualify for a traditional loan. Now, maybe if you're a veterinarian and you're going to open a new veterinary practice, your bank is going to be happy to lend you some money because they know that is likely to be a, a loan that will be repaid. But for most startups, it's very, very challenging. And cash flow for so many businesses is a big issue. Even if it's just a business that maybe, um, I don't know, you know, does some sort of services. I was just reading about a business that does waterproofing and caulking. And they were saying that cash flow is such a big issue because when they do commercial projects or government projects, they get paid in 60 days. Mm. But in the meantime, they have to pay their employees to go do that work and they have to buy the supplies. So, Credit cards can fill an important gap for business owners when it comes to cash flow. But you're right. The downside is no one's sitting there saying, should you really put that on the credit card? You know, <laughs> is that going to make you money or is it just a purchase that feels good at the moment and you haven't thought through how you're going to make money from it? So ultimately for small business owners, it comes down to, can you leverage that money to make more money? So any type of financing, can you leverage that to make more money? And you just had a guest on your show, Lucas, where you were talking about 
the post-pandemic um, boom for small business. And I am 100% with you on that, Mark. I think we are going to see a big boom. And even before the pandemic, we saw a huge number of ba- primarily baby boomers who want to sell their business. So there's almost a tsunami of businesses that will be up for sale. And that may, for you as a small business owner, mean rather than starting from scratch, you buy a business or maybe you buy their assets, some you know, some of their equipment, maybe you're just buying their customer list, whatever it may be. And for many business owners, they will need at least some money to help that business owner exit. You know, maybe they can get some owner financing, but they're going to need at least some money. So financing could be very valuable there for the businesses that are positioned to do that. Uh, so there are times when you can take advantage of an opportunity because you have that financing lined up and available to you. Yeah, because a lot of people are going to, you know, they're working from home. They're starting their businesses. Like my business is completely online. I do all my training, all my coaching. We're doing this online. Everything's online. And even though I use credit cards for my business, I have, you know, some debit, some credit cards. I am like anal retentive. And I'm like, okay, if I get this service, is it going to pull its weight? Because I don't want to waste a penny. I'm really conscious about that. I think people are just like, oh, look, new shiny object. Let me get it. Like, whoa, wait a minute. Is it going to give you a return on investment or is it just a shiny thing that's the new software? And I think to your point earlier, people are grabbing this credit card for this new service, for this new product. And they're like, I'm going to get it because this guy's got it. That guy is a billionaire and has a a plane. Okay. You're just starting out. And I think we all need to stop and go, okay, is this going to pull its way in my business? So like I, I pay Dropbox annually and it pulls its way. I have Calendly for scheduling my podcast interviews and my coaching calls. It pulls its weight. So every time before I'm going to sign up for any product or service, I got to ask myself, is this truly going to pay for itself? And if it's not, if it's just a nice to have, then I say no, because it's so easy. And I see this happen all the time with entrepreneurs. They go get a new product or service and they use it for a couple of weeks, or maybe they don't use it at all because they don't know how to use it. Meanwhile, that bill just keeps hitting their credit card. And then one day they're like, where's all my money going? And then you see all these things that you went out with the best of intentions to get. And now they're not pulling their weight. Does your to-do list have you overwhelmed? When you join my digital productivity coaching program, you'll learn how to get and stay focused, become untangled from the chaos of your to-do list, experience less overwhelm, and have time to do what you really want to do. Sign up today by clicking the coaching tab at mrproductivity.com. Yeah, absolutely. And I'm a huge fan of business coaching because I think that having someone ask those hard questions and look at it is really important. I also think if you have a relationship with an accountant, which you should as a small business owner, you want it to be a consultative relationship so they can feel free to ask you, you know, questions about the um, finances in your business. But For many business owners, having someone to give them feedback on how they're spending their money, how they're growing their business, and the things that they may be contemplating can be really, really valuable. I can tell you, Mark, that one of the questions I get a lot on the NAV blog um, is, I I have the dream to start this business. Where can I get a grant? 
And that's great to have a dream to start a business. But if you don't have a business plan, if you haven't researched the market, you're not ready for a grant. You're not ready for a loan. That's the very first thing you have to do is figure out, you know, how am I going to make money in this business? Because unless you're making money, it's a hobby, right? (laughs) It's not not a business. So, and I don't mean to be quashing anyone's dream. Anyone who has a dream to start a business, I want to see them uh, succeed in it. But you do need to spend some time getting those things ready before you're ready to go out for money. And then when you're ready to go out for money, like you say, you're thinking, how is it, how am I putting this expense to work for me? How am I going to make money off of it? What's interesting is a lot of people that I have come across on social media, they have an idea for a business and right away they're spending money. Uh, got to get a VA, got to get this, got to get that. And like, I believe when you first start a business, you should do it yourself. Number one, so you can train the other person. If you're just going to hire a VA right off the bat, first of all, how are you going to pay them? You have no income. Oh, credit cards. That's not too smart because the VA wants to get paid. Now the VA is learning how to do this. You don't know how to do it. And so what happens if you lose that VA? So I think if you're a small business, an entrepreneur, solopreneur, you should learn how to do everything yourself, even for a short time, and then you hand it off to someone else. And, and number one, it's going to save you money. Number two, it's going to teach you. Number three, you're going to like, why am I even doing this? But you can't do that with a VA because you pay a VA, you tell them to do X, Y, and Z. They're going to do X, Y, and Z because that's what you told them to do. And you got to use your brain cells. So that's very good advice to really stop and think. I, I don't think people are stopping because they get this great idea and they get so excited, but you got to stop, put the brakes on and go, okay, is this something that I'm going to make money or is this just a hobby? And I think because people are so excited about getting their first website and getting their social media platforms built out, they don't stop to think, is this profitable? The excitement just carries them. And unfortunately, that only carries you so far. Yeah. And the other mistake I see is once someone has established a business, especially if they're a solopreneur, so they're working as an independent contractor, self-employed, gig worker, whatever it may be. They don't form the business structure around the business. And so a key for me is to open a business bank account and use that strictly for business. That's going to do a couple of things. One is it's going to make it a lot easier for tax time. So whether you do your bookkeeping or you hire someone out to do it, it's going to be a lot easier. And the other thing is then you'll clearly see what's coming in and out of your business as opposed to mixing it with personal expenses where it's not clear. And I've ta- I've seen so many entrepreneurs over the years, they just run it through their personal accounts. It's kind of messy. They hand it all over to an accountant and they really can't say how much they've made. All they know is how much they've taken in terms of money for personal expenses or compensation. And they may not even know that. So they may not even have that information at hand. And it's understandable because most people don't go into business because they love accounting or because they (laughs) love bookkeeping or doing the finances. They do it because they want to do what they love, right? They want to do what they love or they have a great idea. But that's a fundamental. I see the business bank account just as key to a small business as their credit. I put them on equal footing. 
after seeing for the past six years that I've been with NAV and especially during the pandemic where we had all kinds of stimulus programs available to small business owners and those who are self-employed, seeing how many business owners struggled to even take advantage of the free money that the Congress was giving business owners to help them through the pandemic because they didn't have that separation of business and personal finances. So that's really a, a key step for me. One of the things I have done for since I started business is I don't have a true business account because you got to have all kinds of other documentation, but I have a separate personal account that's all for my business. So nothing goes in there except for like my Stripe payments, my PayPal payments, and I don't, I pay all my business stuff out of that account. Now, once in a while, I make a mistake and use the wrong debit card, but mostly I can look in my business, my air quotes here, business account and see what's coming in, what's going out. And that's what you're talking about. It doesn't have to be a true business account, but it needs to be a separate account. So you can say, okay, it shouldn't be McDonald's in there. It should not be an oil change in there. That's not what that is. Unless your vehicle obviously is for business and it's simple things you can do. I want to circle back to something you said about, you know, before you purchase something, one of the things I do is I live with my accountability partners, my wife. So if I want to purchase something and she doesn't know a lot about the business, I say, look, does this make sense to you? Because she's looking at it from outside. I'm in the forest. I'm like, oh, this is so exciting. This new toy, bright, shiny new object. And she goes, now, why do you want this? What purpose is it? So I would say that that would be a, a, an easy stopgap for people to ask a spouse, ask a close friend who's not involved in your business and say, does this make sense? Is this something I should spend my money on? Because they may go, I don't get why you need this again. And that may be just enough for you to slow down and go, you know, yeah, I get that point. So what do you think about that? I love that idea. Anyone who can objectively provide some feedback and ask good questions could be part of that network for you. Another network that many business owners learned about during the pandemic, but maybe haven't taken advantage of enough is uh, your SBA resource partners, like the small business development centers and SCORE. They're free, you know, free education classes, consulting to small business owners. Score is tends to be more startup stage, but it doesn't have to be there. You know, there can be more experienced businesses that seek their help. SBDC's small business development centers also funded by Congress, you know, in conjunction with the small business administration, that's another place where you can turn. So don't let the fact that you may not be making a lot of money yet deter you from getting some advice to help you be successful. I've been to a conference, Mark, where the census was there, and they have these tremendous market research tools for small businesses that are completely free. So you can use these census tools to help identify your market if you're working with a local market or if you're trying to expand. There are also There's also help for export, those who want to get into exporting and importing. And you would be surprised at how much um, revenue is generated by businesses that you may, may not even have a traditional product, mm. but can export or import, tap an international market. And there are grants that could help you, for example, have your website translated to another language so that you can target that market. Wow. So there's just so many things that as a business owner, you don't know, right? You don't know what you don't know. <laughs> so you got to find the resources that can help you be successful. 
Well, Tony Robbins says it's not a question of resources. It's a question of resourcefulness. So if you really want to succeed in your business, you'll find a way. So you've answered over 10,000 questions. And you told us the most popular question was, how do I get grants? What are some of the other common questions you could ask? I'm sure if that's number one, I'm really interested what what are the second and third most popular questions. Hey, you listening to the Mark Stuchowski podcast. Thank you so much for doing so. I really appreciate it. But are you a Mark Stuchowski insider yet? This is my free email newsletter, and you can sign up right now by going to MrProductivity.com, M-I-S-T-E-R, MrProductivity.com. Well, that's over the years. So many of them were related to credit. So I've answered many questions about credit scores. That's a big topic for many people. So that's always uh, something that people are asking about. I've answered many questions uh, related to debt, especially how do I consolidate my debt? And now that I've been with NAV, most of the questions are focused on money for my business, whether it's, and that's where finding a grant comes in, but also how do I get financing for my business? Should I get financing for my business? Questions about business credit reports, which as I mentioned earlier, a big mystery to most business owners. About 75% of business owners have not ever seen their business credit. They don't even know that it really exists and could have an impact on their ability to get financing or also their ability to get a business partner or get government contracts or work with big companies like you know the Walmarts of the world. Um, business credit can come into play there. So all of it ties in together. And the stronger your uh, financial and credit health, the more likely you are to be able to, as I mentioned, take advantage of opportunities or weather a crisis if that comes along in your business. Okay. So my question for you is how do we get our business credit report? Do we have to have uh, like a, a, a DBA or an LLC or something like that to start building credit and have the everything we do, all the transactions under that business name? There are several commercial credit reporting agencies. Dun & Bradstreet is one that many people have heard of but don't know much about. Experian has a a commercial division. Equifax has a commercial division. Of course, you know those because they also do consumer credit reports, but these are completely separate. And they all vary in terms of how they establish an account. So you may already have a business credit report and not know it if you've been in business for a while. You don't have to have a formal business structure. You could be a sole proprietor, but you have to have something that reports to business credit. So that could be a, tr- a vendor account with a, a you know a company you work with that you buy supplies from on say net 30 terms where you pay in 30 days or a business credit card. Most business credit cards report to at least one of the major commercial credit agencies. And typically that account is what starts your business credit report. So you could have one. And what I see frequently and what we see frequently at NAV where I work is very often business owners that have even been in business for a decade or longer don't have strong business credit just because there's not much showing up on their business credit. It's not it's not like consumer credit where you could get a mortgage or a credit card or car loan. It's going to show up on all three credit reports. Not the same with business credit. As far as checking it, there's no federal requirement, no 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 actually no laws that I'm aware of either at the federal or state level that govern business credit. 
So you can go to the bureaus. They will likely charge you for it. Uh, DMB does have a free credit signal report. And uh, the reason I'm with NAV is because they were like the first company to offer free business credit from DMB, Equifax, and Experian to small business owners. We still do that. It's completely free. And uh, I like to describe it as sort of like credit karma for your small business. (laughs) I have never, I don't have a business credit card. Like I said, I have the separate personal business checking account, personal checking account, which I use for all my business expenses. But I probably don't have a business credit because like, I'm just like buying like SaaS products for my business. I don't have any vendors for net 30. So I probably don't have a business credit. And you're saying that's only a problem if I want like government contracts or to deal with Amazon or to uh, Walmart or something like that, right? Or if you want business financing in the name of your business. So as businesses grow, typically they want to separate their business and personal finances. They want to get business financing in the name of the business as opposed to relying on their personal credit. And that's where it's helpful to have business credit. It's not the be all end all. It's, it's not as, um, key to some types of financing as it is in the consumer world. You know, everything in the consumer world is so credit score driven right now, right? <laughs> it's the credit score that gets you approved or gets you the amount of credit that you want. In business, it depends on the type of financing and who they check. But it can be very valuable as one of the, you know, keys. And an interesting story. I did a, I did a webinar once for accountants and one of the accountants reached out to me afterward and she said, yeah, she said, I used to work in the supplier department at Walmart and we would pull a DNB paydex, which is the flagship score that Dun and Bradstreet offers for small business. She said, we'd pull that on all, you know, new suppliers or anybody who wanted to be a supplier to Walmart. And you can imagine if you get to supply product to Walmart, you're, probably going to grow up. Not always, but it's probably going to be a good thing for your business. Not always, but it could be. Um, and so she said, most business businesses that were trying to do business with us had no idea. They had never checked. So just checking it could be key. And let me give you another example, because this maybe, Mark, is more relevant to you. So I was self-employed for, I don't know, 15 years as a consultant, speaker, and writer. And I ended up joining forces with someone who was well-known in the industry, had a good reputation, or so I thought, and we went into a joint project together, and he did all the marketing. I created the product that we sold. It's an informational product. And it was sales were going great. He's sending me emails saying, oh, we had 100 sales today. We had, And it was a high-ticket item. So I was thought I was raking in the money. Well, he never paid me never paid me a dime. And by the time I cut ties with him, he owed me at least $40,000, but I don't even know for sure what the total number is because I didn't have access to the, the bank account or the account where the payments were being taken in. And I'm pretty confident that had I checked his company's business credit, I would have probably seen some red flags. So I, as a business owner, can use this as a tool to screen potential partners, potential clients, because if you are providing anything up front, whether it's your expertise, your time, your product, your services, and you're not paid in full up front, you're lending. You know, it may not be money you're lending. But you're lending your time and expertise that could be put to use somewhere else. And so you as a business owner can use this to check business credit. And I would definitely 
absolutely 100% recommend it if you're thinking about taking on a business partner. I think that's really key to go over credit together because uh, if you don't know, you could, and, and I've heard so many horror stories over the years, you could end up with a situation that could be very costly and very hard to extricate yourself from. Wow. You opened my mind on this uh, the show today, um, Jerry. Is there anything else on your heart that you feel that would be beneficial to the listener? Because I want to make sure that everything you want to share with us, you had the opportunity to share with us. Yeah, I love what you do in terms of separating your personal and business, um, you know, credit and your bank account. I would encourage you and listeners to think about a business bank account. They have made it easier to open them up online now where you don't have to do as much, jump through as many hoops. So I would encourage thinking about that. But it's okay if you just use a separate bank account, then you have something to show that demonstrates and also to use for your tax purposes. Same with using a separate credit card. Um, The one thing I would caution is you don't have as many legal protections if a business debit card is used for fraud. And so if you're going to use a business debit card, make sure that you are set up alerts and you're paying close attention to the money coming in and out of that account so you can you talk to your bank immediately if something happens. And then as you grow your business, like we've discussed, you know, make sure that you are looking for opportunities and that you're prepared for those opportunities. What you don't want to do is be in a situation where uh, where something comes up. You can buy this equipment. You can buy this business. You can, it's a fire sale and and you need it, but you don't have the cash in the bank and you don't have any kind of financing figured out. So then you're scrambling, right? Then you're scrambling to find the financing. It might be too expensive. It might take away the bargain that you would get. So look at this stuff as you're growing periodically because it can provide a real um, peace of mind and also just a more opportunity for your business to grow. Well, I am going to make a phone call to my credit union when we're done with this interview here and ask them what it takes to get a business checking account because here's the thing. My business name is my name. So I don't have like a fancy company name. It's just me. And, but you got me thinking because I don't know what it takes to open a business checking account at my, my credit union. I have no clue. So I'm going to pick up the phone and say, Hey, how do I do this? Cause that's how you get the answers, right? You ask questions. That's right. That's right. <laughs> Somebody uh, knows that answer. <laughs> exactly. And if they don't know the answer, I may switch banks. Um, Jerry, where can we find out more about you and what you're doing in the world? Yeah. So you'll find me at nav, N-A-V as in victor.com, nav.com. And if you put in a slash blog after that, you'll see lots of articles about financing, business credit, and more. And as I mentioned, if you sign up for nav, it's free, uh, no impact on your credit scores. And we will not only show your business credit, but then show you matches to financing. We won't sell your information to lenders. You aren't going to get bombarded with calls from lenders, but we will in your NAV account, show you matches to financing that you can check out. And, and as you, as the uh, need for financing occurs, we'll be there to try to help you find what you need. Wow. Well, I am so thankful you were on the show today. I did learn a lot from you and now my, the wheels are, 
are going and we're on a video call so she can see the smoke coming out of my ears right now because I'm thinking, wow, I got to make some, I got some more things due today. I already had a full schedule. So thank you very much for that, Jerry. I got more things due today. Uh, I really appreciate it. So thank you so much for being on the show today. Mark, it's been a true pleasure and keep up the great work. I know you're helping a lot of entrepreneurs stay motivated and productive and that's so important. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you so much for your time and attention for listening to this episode of the Mark Stucheski podcast. Hey, are you a Mark Stucheski insider yet? This is my free email newsletter where I will send you value multiple times a week. And I promise you, every time I send an email out to my insiders, it always has value. So if you want to sign up, absolutely free. Just head on over to mrproductivity.com, M-I-S-T-E-R, mrproductivity.com.